Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world, whatever, uh, however you're tuning in. Welcome to uh, another episode of A Voice from the Ever Change. This is episode 19. And uh, talk a little bit about myself up front. I haven't done that in a while since the first or second episode. So a little bit about my background. Um, I've been meditating now for close to 35 years. Uh, I've trained uh, primarily in uh, the Zen tradition, uh, Soto and Rinzai sects of the Zen tradition, Japanese Zen, uh, which is a chapter or a, a section of Buddhism, if you will. Uh, and then I've been studying with a Tibetan uh, teacher since 2004. So also a great amount of my experience comes uh, from the Tibetan Buddhist traditions, mostly uh, Dzogchen. I've also uh, studied uh, Vedanta Hinduism. I studied uh, formally for about four years. Hinduism, uh, so I have a bit of that in my background as well. Um, when I teach, I teach from a completely secular uh, avenue. I don't uh, use any religious uh, inflection. Sometimes I tell stories that come from uh, religious traditions, but I, I try to keep my uh, teachings accessible to people from all religions, all faiths, all walks of life. That is quite important to me. <laughs> uh, so the Voice from the Ever Change video series kind of emerged uh, as a way of rounding out uh, my second book. This, uh, what I'm reading from here uh, in this series is a poem and a commentary uh, from the second book that I've written entitled A Voice from the Ever Change. My first book, Such Sweet Thunder, is a meditation guide. It's a meditation uh, outlined in that book, um, a meditation that I designed uh, based on a few different uh, Tibetan meditations. But essentially it's an insight practice that allows one to rest into the present moment and look at experience at the same time. So it's a combination of resting and looking. Uh, very much considered a groundwork practice. Both of those practices are uh, groundwork practices in the Tibetan tradition. So uh, if one is practicing uh, Tibetan meditations, they'll do a resting practice for some time and an insight practice for some time. And then when they've accomplished those practices, they'll go on to other practices like uh, practices on impermanence, practices on loving kindness, and so forth. It is a practice that's very close to my heart. Uh, obviously, I wrote a book on it. Um, and it is a practice that I do uh, primarily in my own practicing as well. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, and so I'll ring the bell here. I'll guide us into a meditation into silence. Uh, we will rest in that silence just for a few moments. And then in that silent space, I'll offer a poem. Allow the poem to be an extension of the guiding, if you will. Allow the poem to guide your awareness wherever it may want to go. And from the poem, I'll go into a commentary, also allowing the commentary to be an extension of the guided meditation as well, allowing the words to land on your heart. Now, if you are following along in the book, if you've received a PDF copy of the book, A Voice from the Ever Change, and by the way, 
like one, uh, feel free to send me an email uh, with your email address and I'll send you a PDF, a copy of A Voice from the Everchange. No problem, no charge for that. Um, but if you are following along, uh, I've skipped ahead a bit. Uh, I've gone to the chapter on equanimity. So this is the third chapter, and I believe this is poem number five. Uh, and I selected this one today because I, I feel that it, it addresses uh, some things that I've been seeing, uh, particularly seeing on social media. It's really the only way I have of seeing anything in society these days because we're all uh, closed in. Uh, so uh, when I check social media, there's been some postings, uh, some things that I've been seeing that's quite prevalent that have been uh, disturbing to me. So I selected a poem uh, that I thought might speak to that. Okay, I think that's all I need to say for the introduction. After the poem and the commentary, I will uh, just talk for a little while, as I often do. Probably, it's not definite, but... I'll probably ring the bell to end the meditation and then I'll just improvise uh, a little bit uh, about how I'm feeling, say a few words to those of, of you all, and then I'll ring the bell to finish. So thank you, enjoy. So allowing the body to rest, allowing the mind and heart to rest, just coming into this present moment experience. You can let any concerns or thoughts of the upcoming days go. Thoughts or concerns of the days past, you can let all of that go as well. Just rest, right here and right now, just rest. And while resting in this present moment experience, bringing awareness and attention to the breath as it enters the nose and leaves the nose, you might notice a cool or a dry sensation arising from the nose, or you might simply notice the temperature changing from cooler to warmer as you inhale and exhale. Noticing the touches the back of the throat. There might be a dry or a tingling sensation there. Noticing the rib cage expanding and contracting with each breath. There might be sensations of clothing moving to adjust with the rising and falling of the body, the shoulders, chest, and abdomen as you breathe in and breathe out. And perhaps also noticing the back moving out slightly as you inhale and in as you exhale.
And breathing in and breathing out, you might also notice the body straightening up slightly on the in-breath and leaning forward slightly on the out-breath. And while resting in the present moment, experience of the breath, noticing sensations of clothing against the shoulders, noticing the arms resting against the body, the hands resting against the body or touching each other. You might also notice sensations of clothing against the back, the weight of the body against the chair or cushion, mat or floor. And perhaps also noticing sensations of clothing against the legs, the feet against the mat or the floor. There might also be sensations arising from the back of the neck, the ears, sensations arising from the back of the head, noticing any sensations arising in the cheeks of the face, the lips, the nose, and the Sensations arising throughout the forehead and allowing awareness to expand through the top of the head, the very crown of the head. And so we'll rest right there just for a few moments, maintaining even awareness on the sensations of the breath from the nose to the abdomen, the abdomen to the nose and sensations arising throughout the body from the top of the head to the bottoms of the feet. And just rest, breathing in and breathing out. And now while resting with the breath and the body, allowing awareness to expand to include any sounds which might be available during this present moment experience. And if you could hear sounds from my side of the experience, there would be sounds of crickets, the sound of an air conditioning. There might be the occasional bird song, the distant sound of music coming from a neighbor. Depending where you are, there might be the sound of a conversation or music playing nearby or 
perhaps the sound of an ocean or a river. There might be the sound of traffic. We don't need to focus on any one particular sound, but noticing the entire field of sounds. Hearing all of the sounds all at the same time. Listening to the soundtrack of the present moment. And in addition to any sounds, paying close attention to the quality of still silence, which surrounds the present moment. When we notice this silent space, we might notice how this silence seems to permeate our very existence. And so we'll rest right there just for a few moments, resting with the breath, the body, silence and sound, and just rest. Now I'll offer a poem. Allow the words to the poem to continue guiding your meditation. What if the only word for them was we? What if the only way to express other was with the word us? What if the word for you was the word for friend? What would the world look like then? What would the world look like then? The commentary. Language is not only a means of communication, but a filter through which we view the world. The labels we attach to our encounters literally shape the experience of life. If our mind can grasp concepts verbally, then we may experience those concepts in real time in our world. There are an abundance of concepts which many do not grasp, and those concepts do not appear in reality for them, and thus are not experienced by those people. For example, I do not grasp the concepts of trigonometry. Thus, I do not, never have, and never will experience 
experience life in relation to those mathematical concepts. This is why many invading countries will force the surrendering population to speak their language. It is a way to ensure the cultures will merge and grow together. I strongly recommend considering what life might look and feel like if the world languages were, were without a word for them. Whenever we meet a person, we could think of that encounter as a we. If you know this person is on their way to the grocery store, for example, we could think we are on the way to the store. Or perhaps they just had a fight with a loved one. We are feeling sadness. What if we collectively suffered the loss of a friend when we heard the news of a stranger getting shot? Certainly that stranger was a friend, a brother, a sister, a mother, a son, or a daughter to someone. Could you imagine if we all felt the pain of losing a child each time a human being was shot? What if we witnessed a homeless person and really felt as if we too will have to beg for our dinner on that cold winter's night? What if we had to go to war to defend a nation? What if we moved to a new country due to climate change? What if we had to live as refugees? What if we had crashed the planes into the Twin Towers? In this way, every night we are born, we make love, we create a masterful work of art, we eat a meal, we make money, go shopping, we learn a skill, we smile at a stranger, we hold a friend in need, we pray, we work, we study, we live. Every day we die, we feel lonely, we starve, we feel the burn of poverty, we renunciate, we lose a memory, forget a skill, we offend a stranger, we turn our back on the one we need, we curse, we relax, we rest, we sleep. Each moment we experience all of that and much, much more. What if the only way to express other was with the word us? The global tribe. There would be no colors or lines on the world map. No immigration laws. There wouldn't be a word for immigration. Could you see that? The world we live in is so hypnotized by these labels. The labels of religions, philosophies, beliefs, age, sex, sexual preference, sexual orientation, nationality, race, economic background, education, poverty, wealthy, illiterate, literate, etc. It is as if we are trying to eat the paper off the side of a jar rather than opening the jar to find that there is jam inside. So it is with the current state of humanity. 
we are so hypnotized by the descriptions which might be used to observe, respect, and honor our differences that we become entrenched in defending the labels while overlooking the obvious human commonalities. Above and beyond anything else, all human beings want happiness and want to avoid suffering. That is all. Of course, that manifestation of that drive has at times become horribly distorted, Hitler being the most obvious distortion, but any fundamentalist movement will do. But that is another matter. At the very core of our humanity, we all want and deserve happiness and deserve to be free from suffering. You are my friend. Try this as a practice. Each time you think of a person as you, think my friend. Hi, my friend. Would my friend like a glass of water? How is my friend doing today? Allow the common definition of friend be where each introduction begins. Allow friendship to be where we set the bar at each introduction, each meeting. If you have a job in public speaking, for example, look at each member in the audience and think of them as friend. This greatly reduces any type of stage fright or nervousness. This is so because we think of our friends as generally being more open and accepting of who we are. And if we think of ourselves as friend to those we meet, we will be more open and accepting to who they are. There will be much less defensiveness and threat when we can think of ourselves as a friend to all beings, particularly in the face of differing political ideologies and belief systems. We can now put our hand on our heart and recognize the spirit beyond the belief. We can now embrace as different colors across the spectrum of the human rainbow. We can now be friends. We can now be a we. So I hope you all enjoyed the meditation, the poem, the commentary. And I mentioned before I read that poem and commentary that I selected this one in particular. I, I moved forward throughout the book because I, I remembered this poem morning uh, that I'd written. Because I was scrolling through social media and I'm seeing 
All of these attacks, people attacking each other. Americans attacking the Chinese. You didn't do this right. You're saying this, you're covering up that. Chinese attacking America, saying similar things. Liberals attacking the president, the president attacking the news groups. This is a global situation we're confronting right now. This is a global pandemic. It is a, a great opportunity <laughs> to come together as a people across the globe. When I see attack, people attacking each other like this, I feel like I'm in a, in a boat filled with maybe 15 people and we're, we're going over a waterfall. <laughs> and instead of trying to join together and row against the current, we start, oh, you didn't bring the map. Oh, what are you doing? You don't have a compass. Why didn't you say you would bring this? Why didn't you bring the food? What, what's going on here? We all, we all want the same thing. We all want this virus to go away. We all want to live in peace without suffering. So please, Remember that before you repost something attacking some group or attacking somebody. We all, if we all really need to work together as a populace, as a people, not as a country, not as a nation, not as a culture, but as the, as the human race. This is a very, very profound moment in human history where we could actually all come together to to rise above this this very very uh complex challenge we can't afford to be attacking each other of my uh, one of my stories uh, I recommend if anybody hasn't seen this uh, I tell the story uh, it's a Buddhist traditional Buddhist story but I tell it in a secular way <laughs> uh, the story of Kuan Yin and in this story we see uh, our hero or heroine of the story Kuan Yin she falls in and as a result of her Falling into despair, her head explodes into 10,000 pieces. I recommend recognizing when we fall into despair and when, when we're getting stressed, we're getting angry and we want to point the finger, they did this wrong or this, this happened, it should have been this way. Instead of reaching out in that way, 
reach out with loving kindness. If you're feeling that anger, that anxiety rise up, call a loved one that you haven't spoken with in a while. We all have time to do that right now, most of us. Or, or reach out to a health worker and tell them how much you appreciate how hard they're working right now. Or if you're, if you're like us, we live in the mountains right now, we're kind of out here in nowhere, we, we have a farm. If I feel that anxiety, that anger, wanting to point a finger, I can go out and pick some fresh papaya, loving kindness. Do something healthy, do something good, do something that brings people together, not against them over there, but brings people together in a universal way. Again, we are in a very, very profound place right now, a place where we could really all come together. We all have the technology. Reach out if you're feeling that angst about China. Connect with somebody in China on Facebook and talk to them about coronavirus. I have many friends from China who use Facebook. I'm not sure how they get away with it, but they do. And I could connect them with you if you want. Talk to them. Talk to people. That's this amazing uh, internet. We have, it's so, it's so accessible. Reach out to people. Get to know them. Get to know everyone's story, what their side is. Not their side through the lens of what our political people want us to see. That's, that's a terrible uh, lens to see the world through. But we, we can go beyond that. We can go past that. We can connect with each other on a human level, even through a screen. Talk to people. That's my soapbox for tonight. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little bit preachy there. But uh, this is very, very close to my heart. It's one of the reasons why I, I got into teaching the Dharma in the first place, was that uh, uh, I really feel uh, very strongly that we can come together as a race. And in fact, right now, as I mentioned before, this is one of the first times the whole planet is experiencing the same tragedy. We can come together through this as a human race, not as the Chinese did this, the Americans did that, the Europeans did this, the South Americans are doing that. No, it doesn't matter. What are the humans doing? What are we doing? With love, with light. I'll see you all tomorrow at the same time. By the way, we are going to move the time uh, next week, and I will announce more of that uh, as we as this week progresses. Um, but it should be more convenient for for most everyone. Uh, okay.
thanks for tuning in. I'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, much love. Be safe. Uh, wear your masks. Sanitize. All that. Social distancing. Three meters apart. Three meters because then you have an extra meter to spare. <laughs> okay. Good night.